Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. I am your host, Jared Laverne, the Director of Marketing here at APS. I'm actually here with a wonderful guest of mine, Dame D, who is the host of the Two Mics Up podcast. Hey, Dame, if you want to go ahead, introduce yourself to the people and let them know a little bit about your podcast. Sure. Thank you. First of all, let me say thank you for having me. Uh, You know, you guys are doing a great job. I love what you're doing. Uh, Take a quick second. Listeners, my name is Damon Cunningham, but those who know me uh, call me Dame D. I'm originally from New York and I've been transplanted in the DMV, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area now for 25 years. So the name Dame D.N.Y.D.C. is the moniker that I go by. I am the proud host of the Two Mics Up podcast. All right. So, Dame, I guess, how would you define the Two Mics Up podcast? What would you say it is? Well, uh, originally, I'll be honest with you, what it is now was not what it was when we first started. I'll be honest. Uh, It was a little, the intention originally was to be a little lighthearted, you know, when the pandemic started and, Mm. um, you know, we were looking to do something to be a little more lighthearted. But as the pandemic evolved and then things in our country you know evolved and started to crumble um the two mics up podcast really kind of took more of a a serious i wouldn't say serious but we we kind of focused more on educating empowering and impacting the black community um so what we've designed our platform to really focus around those three three objectives uh usually in every podcast there'll be some type of education or some type of empowerment uh, to lead to impacting people uh, who are, you know, Black-owned businesses in our mm-hmm. community or individuals, and not just Black individuals, because we do have uh, a diverse community here in Virginia, but there are individuals out there that are doing positive work that want to leave an impact in our community. So that's kind of how we kind of evolved into where we are today. Okay. All right. So I guess what made, <laughs> I hope this isn't a dumb question, but what made you want to help out a Black community? Well, I mean, obviously. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say obviously. Cause right? There's some, there's some people, I mean, when they see me, eh, you're not black. I, you from New York, they be, hey, I, I know black. You could be Dominican. I don't know. Bro. And, see, and see, now, uh, nothing against my Dominican brother. So I'm actually Puerto Rican. I'm, I'm part Puerto Rican. Okay. I'm part, Native, part Native American. I got some Irish in there. I mean, the last name, <laughs> I'm the black sheep of the Irish family. I don't know. I'm just the black guy. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but, you know. Um, so, yes, I am and. You know, it's just, you know, who I am. It makes me up. That that whole diverse mm-hmm. background and coming from New York and that diversity has kind of helped mold me to who I am today. All right. Hey, no, I'm all, I'm all good with it. Reason why I ask is simply because a lot of time, even even for me, I started off actually trying to create black only content. When you put yourself in a niche, sometimes depending on what you're doing, you'll either have to be all in in the philanthropic aspect of helping the community or you might have to give up your mission statement in, to, in order to get a broader net. What has well, your experience in getting uh, outreach or people receiving your podcast? So I'll be honest with you, just just in that. Um, so I don't look at it as being in a niche because mm. America always wants to pigeonhole things, right? Mm-hmm. So your job interview, they want you to check a box. You know, uh, just different things they want to pigeonhole you. And, and me being black, a lot of times, what's wrong with being proud to be black, right? Right. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there are Anglo-Americans, white Americans, Italian-Americans, whatever it may be, they are proud and it's okay. But it seems like whenever we step outside of that box, it's a problem, Mm. right? So I'm not gonna allow society to pigeonhole me, first of all. But as I've been doing this though, there are a lot of 
other ethnic races that are really involved and intertwined with the black plight and what's going on in black America. I've actually found it to be easier because one thing, you know, I don't think we're totally, uh, what's the word? We're, we're not in your face all the time. Mm. We're trying to feed you black. It's not a black power thing. <laughs> okay. Right. This is more about understanding how to be proud, how to move ourselves back to the table, claim our seat at the table, mm. educate, educate ours. Cause right now we're so disenfranchised and we fight each other so much. How do we educate each other to become one, to be a united block? Mm. Once you, United and you're empowered and you have understanding of self, it gives you an empowerment to want to do better. And everybody wants to do better. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. We mm -hmm. all want the same things at the end of the day, right? You want, you know, a, a decent wage at a job. You want to be able to have decent education. You want to be able to live in a nice home. You want to have health care. That doesn't have a color on it. Mm -hmm. so the more than I'm finding that when we talk about things on our show, I've had, you know, our white counterparts, they, they're really involved. They're really behind it. So for me, it's not a niche. Mm. And like, we're not pushing pro black power. We're just talking about things that honestly, like what we were sitting and like for me coming from New York and my friends that we do this, it's like being at a barbecue, man. Right. We got our <laughs> uncle in the back talking shit all the time. Like, right. yo, you know what I'm saying? They, yo, they go, your uncle again. They start in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <Big fact. laughs> that's us. And that's what we bring to the show. Gotcha. So I guess now, other than just like the uncle at the barbecue, you also talk about some of the empowerment, right? And I've listened to a couple of others. How, what are some of the ways in which you highlight that empowerment on your show through either guests, segments, things that you guys talk about? So, you know, the things that we, a couple of shows that we've done, you know, um, through education, like we use education to empower people, in my opinion. So like Marcus Garvey is a very critical individual mm. in, in my understanding of the movement and what's happened. So just looking at what he did in the 20s and 30s as an uneducated immigrant from Jamaica, this man built an empire. This man had built, you know, transportation networks, not only on the ground, but overseas. He created manufacturing. He had his own newspaper. So, and at that time, this man had over 6 million followers globally. Mm. So that's a blueprint. And I have a problem, like just understanding. So with today's technology, we're supposed to be smarter. Mm. Take Black Lives Matter, for example. They only have 2 million followers. How mm. is it, though, there's only 2 million following Black Lives Matter, but this man in the 20s and 30s with no technology, you we're supposed to be making more money now as a as a as an economic block. Mm. But he did so much more with so much less. Mm. The empowerment is learning that you take that education. There's a blueprint there. How do we manage and move that to, to, to today? with technology, hmm. with what we have going on. That's where the empowerment comes in. You have to know what, what's happened mm -hmm. to be able to move forward. Now I'm educated with the tools. Mm -hmm. Now I'm asking young men and women in my neighborhood, well, why aren't we doing this? Why don't we have, we should have multiple black Wall Streets, not mm -hmm. just one. Yeah, you know. So these are the things that when you take education and you use it to give yourself self-worth and self-knowledge, now you're empowered to do something. And that's where the empowerment comes from. And those are the type of things that we talk about and we use throughout you know, some of our episodes. Okay, and now how would you say you can either you use your podcast or podcasting could be a part of that blueprint? Of course, well, so I think right now, um, honestly, let's just look at media. So podcasting has become a very big avenue uh, of media. Mm -hmm. One of the big biggest things that we have a problem, we don't own anything. 
Oh, right? shit, you're going to get me talking personally. Right? So, right? If you feel what <laughs> yeah. I'm coming from, right? Uh-huh. We don't own a damn thing. And one of the problems that I have with media is, and I'm just going to be honest, I'm going to call it what it is. It's nothing against, you know, I'm, I'm not. And people, if you listen, please go back and listen 10 seconds before what I say. Get the, <laughs> get the whole snippet. You know, white America, I have a problem with white America telling me what black is or what black is, mm-hmm. what black looks like. So since we don't own that medium, through our medium, through podcasting and through networking and building bridges, you now change that narrative. Mm. You, have, you have to take control somewhere on some level to now have ownership. Now, the other side to that, I will say with ownership, and I've had this conversation with other, other people like myself, stop selling it. Make them invest okay. in it. Make, make If they have the power and the money and they want a part of it, see, no, don't sell it. No, you have to invest in me. You have to invest in what I'm doing, invest in my community, invest mm. in what, because that's how we break another cycle, break another chain. Because you think of all we want to do is create things that we sell it. Mm-hmm. Because we want to assimilate into the capitalist mindset. You know, oh, I just want to get rich. It's not about getting rich. It's generational wealth too. Mm. You know, so all of these things go hand in hand. I I will say, so as a, uh, as an entrepreneur with uh, white team members, something that we have been very, uh, we all have been very open and transparent of seeing is the difference of generational wealth, right? I'm, mm. I'm definitely not going to say that I, I grew up privileged, but I'm definitely not going to say that there's four or five generations of that privilege, right? But like pro- max, probably two, right? right? And even, even with that, I, you, we see the differences because it's not like our business is like, okay, we're selling insurance. We're doing, we're talking to all different types of people all the time. Like my network talks to their network, their network talks to my network. So I've had to learn things that I was, wasn't ready for. Like one of our dev partners is a guy from Tennessee who loves shooting guns, but little did I know that the way you compress energy in guns is the same way he compresses electricity in through technology. And I was like, all right, cool. That makes sense. My my white friends, they were like, wait, you guys don't know where you're from? Like, nah, like we're from America. That's it. Like that was a that was a big that was like a big thing for them to realize or learn. So it's there's a variety of different cultural outputs that you need to learn. But with podcasting, owning it is a big part. And you know, I'm gonna ask you this as as a black man. One of the issues though, right? is if you're you're a young black individual you want to take that ownership into your hands you're going to still need some startup capital you got to buy a mic you got to be able to get an arm got to get the programs got to get it out there so i guess if you're one of those people in those situations like how do i even get started i'm I'm already stuck i'll be honest with you um i had a similar conversation so I, i challenge our young men first um of color if you can stand online for 10, 12 hours, wait for those brand new pairs, whoever, <laughs> and they run $250, $300. That's your startup money to even start your LLC or your business. Mm. Just that's it. So if you got 12 hours to stand out in the freezing rain to get a pair of LeBrons or MJs or whoever, you just wasted your business. So mm. that's the first thing. The second thing is we have to learn how to barter. Okay. Bartering, you have something that I need. So would you be willing for 10 hours of your time, give me X, Y, Z, 
Or if you know someone who has a business that maybe has used items, old items, out of stock, would they be willing to give it to me at a discounted price? You won't know unless you ask, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a bartering thing. So now that if you gave me 10 hours of your time to help, I don't know, build my website or whatever, but in turn, I have access to something else. Well, I'm going to give you 10 hours or I'm going to turn you over to someone that I've built a network with. Mm. And I'm going to ask them to do this for you because I see it in you. And now I have to deal with that person. Okay. But this is this is bartering at its best, but we don't do that anymore. You're not going to and this is how you build unity in the community. We now I've become your mouthpiece. Now you have a free salesman because now you're telling me about your business. Mm -hmm. So now when I'm out, whoa, hey, I'm dealing with you. You're a developer. Oh, you need one? Oh, let me give you my man's number. Yo, mm -hmm. he did this, that, and the third. Oh, he did this for me. So now I'm yo, I'm a walking salesman. The same way I'm selling my business, I'm selling yours. Mm. You start networking and bartering. Next thing you know, you got a hundred salespeople working for you for free. So now question, do you ever have people on your podcast? So I guess you can barter their services to a live studio audience or something like that. So a lot of um, our success um, goes back to uh, late February, March. So it started out, it was seven or eight of us. Uh, we used to have Friday night uh, Zoom meetings. Okay. And we were talking about what could we do to improve our community and two sisters that uh were in that i'm shout shout them out you know tracy and anisha hall um they are here in virginia they started the virginia black business directory mm. the big, biggest the biggest black business directory here in virginia really and these sisters were part of my network part of my group and one of the things that i said after we went through kind of figuring out what we wanted to do i said well i wanted to be the voice i wanted to create a, a way to be the voice of what we're doing through them and through the help of them and the support of them, I have that that's really helped this podcast really grow using that network, you know, using that black business directory, word them out, doing events with them, bartering back and forth, uh, you know, having them on the show, having them. They have both of their businesses on the show. Again, we have grown tenfold, but it's just connecting with people. Mm. And just really sharing what you have and everywhere I talk about them all the time. I talk about people that I've met in the network. A lot of a lot of the guests on our first season came through that network or were through people that we met through the network. Mm, okay. So I guess now you're kind of leading to the, the booking aspect of podcast. I guess how do you determine who are good guests to be on your show, find your guests, book them, and then keep a consistent enough guest to actually have a weekly, monthly show? And that, that's really a great question, only because, um, so originally, uh, when we first started, you know, you're worried, like, oh, man, <laughs> how, how the hell are we going to keep this up? Right. Um, so uh, it's funny, through doing a couple of events and, you know, working with them and really shifting and, you know, one, getting better early on our first, you know, month or so, just really being new to podcasting, um, I'll be honest. I wish I can go back and do some of the sound or improve some of the sound because I was just learning, just random, right? Mm -hmm. So there was some things, some choppiness, some sounds going on, and I was like, man, that's really going to kill the show. Mm -hmm. So we were able to go out and do some uh, public events, and through them, people just started pouring in because what we started focusing on, and like I said, after the George Floyd thing, I really looked at trying to find hidden gems in our in our neighborhood. Only because I love our athletes, I love our rappers, but we have more than just athletes and rappers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have so much talent in our community. And that's where the Educate, Empower, and Impact and finding small businesses, Black-owned businesses, and people 
who were who had a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And people really took to that. And we, after a while, we just had people flooding in, like, hey, I want to be on your show. Mm-hmm. It really became a thing where we really had to start in really reading into people, really start vetting people, you know, to try to make sure we were getting the best quality and to get the best people on there. And that transcended to where middle, later season, next thing I know, I'm getting hits from Houston, Oklahoma, Seattle, Washington, Canada, UK. I mean, the show just exploded. And now we have, I mean, I'm at the point, we're supposed to be on a break, but I've spent the last two weeks just really going through I have had so much contact, which, I mean, it's a blessing, but I'm really putting work in trying to really make sure season two is just as good, if not uh, better than the first one. Oh, okay. So, you know, that's going to give me two. You kind of already answered one because I was going to ask if you could give yourself, if the you of today could tell the you when you were getting started some advice before they got started, what would that advice be? Oh, man. Honestly, I, I because I... And this is going to sound like really um, ego tripping, but I like to think of myself as a smart guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, how hard could podcasting be? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, go get a microphone. I got a laptop. Yeah, that tanked. That, 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 that original setup. Yeah, that lasted all about 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> in the sense of I was breaking, I'm in here slamming and bamming on stuff. Yeah. Like, Why is this shit not working? And my wife is looking at me like, what's your problem? And, uh, so I really had to take some time to go back and educate myself on the equipment that was needed um, just to be able to function uh, well enough to give a clean product, a good product. And the second part to that is really learning how to edit. Um, mm. So I oh, used you, taught you, you taught yourself to edit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. More power to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm that guy. Like, um, I've always been, like, if you tell me something and I don't believe it, I'm like, why? And if you can't tell me, I'm gonna go find out why. And I've always been that way. Now the the marketing and the branding side, that was killing me too. Mm. So I was blessed that, you know, we have a design, you know, knock on wood, my daughter and her boyfriend have their own design. They, they, they're on Media House. Mm. And they, they worked with me. Uh, they do all of our marketing and our branding. And that was a huge help because that would have been a real nightmare if I would have continued down the, the road that I started. Hmm. Okay. So I guess now my follow-up question is to that, now that you've gone down the road, where would you like to take your show? And how long do you think you'll be able to take your show going forward for? Wow. Man, you got that's a good question. Um, so, you know, in that sense, so I, I try to, and this is why I think I'm blessed. So again, by having my daughter, you know, she's 26. She was a film major. She graduated from George Mason. Oh, congratulations. And, thank you. And being in touch with social media, having that person or persons, her and her boyfriend and their their crew, um, they really guide me through what I should be doing on social media. So the next phase of the podcast, towards the end of season one, we started dabbling. We created our own YouTube channel. Mm. Um, so we started creating more visual content. Um, so season two, you're probably going to see a whole lot more uh, visual content. Um I'm also working on a couple of other segments. I have one segment in mind that that's really uh, big for me, which uh, you know I hope to bring out. Where kind of like what we're doing, I, I really want to uh, take two mics up to more of an inspirational side with with black men, mm. um, and I, because our black women are out here doing so much, okay. and 
I mean, they just holding it down. But there are men out here, you know, like yourself, this our conversation prior to getting on the show. Mm. Someone like you people need to see. You know, they mm. need to understand that there are black men, young like yourself, doing what you're doing. So I'm working on another segment, I think, that I'm just going to do mostly video for. And okay. I think that's going to That'll be the next segment. And then I got a few other ideas to kind of keep reinventing the show season after season. Kind of keep it fresh. Keep uh, people engaged. Well, now I'm being a little selfish. You don't have to spoil it if you don't want to, but I guess what what, what are your ideas on season two hyping up uh, the black entrepreneur? Uh, no, nah, that was a teaser, man. Oh, it's a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from New York, man. We got to throw it out there. Hey, y'all gonna just have to check out on season two of Two Mics Up to go check it out. Yeah, please do, please do. All right. So I guess now, now question for you now, it sounds all positive, but as a fellow podcaster, I guess what's your really your motivate when you're like, I don't want to record this week. I really just don't feel like doing it. And you want, what, what that, gets you to record? You want to know what I learned early on? Huh? Because I'm human like everybody else. And what you just said, there's some weeks I'm literally sitting there with two fingers up. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing it today. Yeah. And I had a buddy who told me, he said, look, man, he said, get smart. He said, some days when you record, he said, if you can get three or four people on in a day, pack them in. Mm-hmm. Pack them in. So the days that you don't really feel like recording or want to do anything, you just go in the vault, you know, edit it, do everything like you would, get them all out the way. Just go in the vault, pick one that you feel like maybe you had a conversation that maybe jobs with something that just happened. Mm-hmm. It's a real good story. It's a... You know, every now and then we try to do uh, just just because, you know, we had one night, uh, one episode was uh, last night the DJ saved my life when the pandemic started. And, you know, <laughs> DJ D-Nice was out there. So I had two DJs that I knew I brought them on and just talk about DJ stuff and what it's like to be a DJ in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Just something, you know, just things like that. And I thank my buddy for telling me that because that just made, made it so much easier. And I can just, when I didn't want to, just went into the vault, grabbed something, put it out yeah, I was actually kind of interested. I was like, what is it like being a DJ in a pandemic? Exactly. So that was just, and you know, it was it was a feel-good thing because we really all were looking forward to, you know, D-Nice was hot then, and, you know, the two that were on, you know, were from my neighborhood. We grew up together, brother and sister. They both DJ, you know, one is in, in Philly and one is up in Boston. And just, you know, they were doing things. And he was doing Friday night and she was doing Sunday night. And it was something we looked forward to early on. And it was, I thought it was a great episode, you know, and it was feel good, man. You know, pandemic's killing us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess, you know, what, what, how has the pandemic, uh, what has it done for your podcast? I actually, did you, you guys, did you guys start in cause of COVID? Uh, so the, the, we started, I, so this was my wife's idea, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. Um, so like I said, we, through our Friday night meeting, she was listening and she's like, you know, I don't know. You want to be the voice, do a podcast. And I'm looking at her like, you talking about doing podcasts? That's that's not that's not my thing. She was like, "No, really." She was like, "You should ask Lisa to come on and be your featured co-host." She's like, "Cause you two, and like literally, that's where the phrase comes." She's like, "Yo, the two of you, like the aunt and uncle at the barbecue." <laughs> she said, "The two of you sit back there." She said, "Don't let don't let y'all start drinking. Y'all just start, <laughs> yeah, y'all, start right. <laughs> y'all just start shit with everybody." And she said, "But it's not that you're starting things, but y'all your conversation." It's not like you're the most educated people in the world, but you're talking about things that we all just really sit around the table and just go like, you have a wonder, you know, X, Y, Z. And we just go from there. And it was thankful, you know, I'm thankful that my wife really encouraged it. And 
yeah, we started during the pandemic and here we are. Okay. So I guess since you guys are, it's a, I want, are you guys more off the cuff or do you actually like write it out, plan it out, go off of a script? So uh, we, we have a couple of things. So depending on what we're talking about. So most of the times when we have our guests on, um, I, I do like to provide them with the script. I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I try to give them the opportunity if there's something that they want to change, they don't want to talk about. Um, that's fine. But I do warn them though, this script, is this really a way to navigate us? Because sometimes Lisa and I can kind of get off track. Mm-hmm. Um, based on what you say may spark a thought or something and she and I can just go. So, but I usually tell them though, after, you know, after record, hey, was there anything in there that you felt? Like? Again, before we go, I, I want them to be, feel comfortable with what, what went on, but I try to keep it as genuine as possible. Mm. Um, our other shows, like our educational shows and things like that, we we do a lot of research behind the scenes because I really don't want to come out here and just talk like a buffoon and mm-hmm. give false information. Um, so we do research and we do kind of draw a script for her and I, not necessarily to read from, but just point bullet points, you know, reminders that we've talked about in our, you know, pre-show meeting. Um, and then there's times like you could just tell it's just off the cuff. It's just <laughs> nuts. <laughs> now, are you, are you ever worried about backlash? You ever been worried about what people might say? You, who knows? You might blow up one day and just getting trolled. Uh, honestly, I think that's going to happen regardless. Really? Um, because we live in, and I'm just being honest, we, we live in such a right now society, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people are seeing things instantaneously. Uh, and I think people, because it's instantaneous, and this is why I try to preface a lot of things, Hey, before, because I know I can be off the cuff and I try to now, thanks to my wife. Hey, before you focus in on what I just said, <laughs> rewind the last 30 seconds. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because that shock value, it is there. And I know as a New Yorker, we sometimes we talk differently. <laughs> we have different verbs and nouns and things. And so, but I'm not, I can't really be worried about it. I just try not to be offensive. I try not to be hurtful. I try not to intention, be intentional with my words you know, to hurt uh, a group of people or a denomination or, you know, someone's preference. You know, I do try to be mindful of that, but I think the way that the world that we live in, people are going to feel how they feel no matter what. Hmm. And you control that. All right. I'm glad to see that. I'm glad to see it doesn't bother a New Yorker. (laughs) (laughs) That's rare. Right. (laughs) So I guess now let's say, now let's say people do love your show, right? Now Mm -hmm. you're getting attention to Spotify, Apple. Someone wants to buy the exclusive rights to two two mics up, right? Mm -hmm. What is your price and what would you not sell your show for an exclusive rights to? Uh, I think, like I said earlier, I'm not, I'm not looking. I mean, if the Lord himself was to provide me, I'm not looking to sell. Oh no! I, let, let's just say someone's blessing you. Hey man, you did a great job. Here's a hundred thousand. Here's a hundred million dollars. All I'm asking you to do is keep doing what you're doing, but you only distribute to my platform. Okay. Um, just on on the basis and the basicness of that question, and we're talking a hundred million dollars. That sets my 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 life and my future family's life up. I would definitely consider it. Um, but knowing me, I'd have to have some some caveats. Okay. Um, and like I said, I, I don't know. Just off the basic, I, I'm going to go. I'm gonna agree. Yes, 100 million. Yeah, you got me. Um, but I probably have to create some type of caveats or something in there just to make sure that it does not leave 
uh, or goes goes into someone else's hands that's not a person of color. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I'll, I'm taking a hundred mil. I'm like, what's, <laughs> what's your a hundred a hundred million? Huh? I, I, I got you. I was like, I think people forget like a hundred millions a lot. Like, no, look, that that's several generations. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I just, and I'm only speaking of being true to who I am and where I am right now. I just have a a huge disconnect with us giving. And like I said, I mean, if you're just going to pay me to do to keep doing what I'm doing, and you're going to pay, then yeah, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want it to ever be relinquished uh, to that media storm and outside of our control. Okay. All right. So this is going to kind of be a little bit of a two-part question. I hope I can word this correctly. So uh, with us kind of moving into a culture of podcasting, it's creating a look at me, see me, hear me. How do you feel about us as a society getting paid to look at me, see me, hear me, feel me. And with that, where do you think the future of podcasting will be going? Wow, man, that that's an awesome question. Only because, and I have to be honest. So one of my biggest problems is making it about me. Hmm. And I, I have to be honest. Um, like going through the whole thing, like my daughter would get dad. Yo, the numbers every week, you know, she's looking at the numbers and the interaction and, you know, she's like, yo, I don't know for whatever reason, and this is just coming from other people, you know, you, you have a way, you know, you have a way with people. They take to you, they gravitate to you just naturally. And I don't, it could be my personality, whatever it may be. She's like, dad, you got to get out there. Mm. People have to see you. They have to understand, you know, who two mics up is. So I've been trying to slowly learn more about that. And I've been slowly navigating myself into that. Hmm. I really feel I have no choice because like what you said, really for this podcast and for it to continue, there has to be more of me out there, the Mm -hmm. imagery, um, whether it be IG, social media, uh, you know, photos, it has to happen. And really, for it to continue, when you look at like like Joe Budden, mm-hmm. you know, the success that he brought, you know, and I mean, already being on a somewhat, uh, I don't want to be disrespectful, call him semi-celebrity, but, mm-hmm. you know, he was known, but he wasn't on that grand, grand stage. I mean, no, no disrespect to Joe Budden, but like his last banger was like, pump it up. That was like, nice. right, right, right. And I'm not being, you know, but what he did to reinvent himself through the podcast and how he evolved over that time to create really an empire, you know, was incredible. So that's really for me. And I think a lot of, you don't have to like his content and what he did, but I think that's a great blueprint to follow. And that's really? where my, yeah. Cause that's where, I mean, just his imagery, his vision and what he was doing, the content that he was putting out, it always seemed to be on time. People always seem to be looking for it, whether you liked it or not. And that's one of the things that I'm learning, just kind of looking at numbers and following other people being consistent. I've had people that follow us reach out to me. What? Y'all don't have nothing today? Oh, and I'll be like, oh, well, we're on hiatus. You didn't see it. Oh, no, I didn't see the post. I didn't get it. Mm. People come, it's like they look for it. So being on time, being consistent, your look, you know, um, our webpage and our web design and everything that we do on IG. You know, my daughter's like, I was doing something like that. Mm -mm, Nope, don't do that. Your colors and your, your design, 
It becomes you. People expect mm-hmm. it. it. You know what I'm saying? So all of these things I'm learning. And like I said, I think Joe Budden was really creative uh, in how he evolved and took himself and his platform to the next level. And I think that's a good bl- blueprint. Okay. So now the Joe Budden podcast is called the Joe Budden podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now very, so the reason why I like your podcast is you have it. It's two mics up, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it could be the two mics up podcast could technically outlive the host, right? And see, you're smart because someone asked me what was the premise behind it, and I said exactly that. Really? When you, think, when you think of two mics up, I want you to think of really two things. It's usually always a host and a guest or a host and an open chair for uh, the the community or whoever at large if we're live to, to speak and sit. Uh, but like you just said, I said, but the bigger vision was I want this to be something that can continue on, whether it be you know my daughter or who, whoever. It could be an infinite. Mm-hmm. And and a guy said, he said, man, he's excuse me, he was he was like, yo, that's some shit. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, yo, you just blew my mind. I said, well, that was really the vision behind it. And you hit it right on the head. Well, personally, I that's the blueprint that I believe people should follow, right? If you're going to, if you want to follow a Joe Budden or a Joe Rogan or even or Oprah, you better be ready to be a Joe Rogan, a Joe Budden or an Oprah, right? So, so well, when I say that blueprint, what I'm saying is just looking at the evolution mm-hmm. of what, what they did to go. I don't want to be like them in that blueprint. I do have an idea and a vision for two mics, but just the evolution of how they change their style from season to season. Mm. And that's what I'm talking about, that type of blueprint to just give you enough that it draws you in. And every time you keep wanting to come back and then you tweak it just a little bit. And, you know, because we don't have merch or anything. So next season I might do merch, Mm. you know, and I'm creating different designs and different things. And like I said, with the the ideas that I have, you know, uh, I have other designs and other things that I've, going out and copywritten and I've got other websites, you know, so just watching him tweak those things as he went along. That's what I'm talking about. That blueprint. Gotcha. gotcha. Constantly be changing and growing. So now I got to ask, um, since there is a potential vision to let the show become almost bigger than yourself, very humble in which you expressed earlier, what would your succession planning be? Do you have any potential prospects in mind who would take over your seat or are you thinking about building those people up? Man, you you on point tonight, bro. <laughs> um, um, man, you sound like you've been hanging with us for the last couple of weeks. So, <laughs> so yes and no. And I, I want to I want to be very clear in this. Lisa is my featured guest co-host. She is my ride or die. <laughs> but in the design of the show, so um, Lisa has her own so she's an activist here in the in the Virginia area and she has her own thing and when we came together I really wanted to allow her not only to be two mics up because she is but to also be able to use two mics up for her platform as well because what mm-hmm. she was what she was and is doing and c- continue to do is very important but society and what we go through evolves as well and one of the things I have thought about um and looked at I've had some guests on that really off mic blew our mind. Hmm. And I can see them coming in on different segments because they have so much to give. And again, nothing against Lisa or even myself, because I've even thought I've met a couple of people that I'm like, yo, would you come in and sit in for me and talk about? Hmm. Because 
two mics up is that although it is our show it's my show and but there's just so much out here and again it's the evolution of the show for the show to succeed i do want you know like a johnny carson you know jay mm -hmm. leno type and i do have a couple of people that i really do have in the back of my mind that i can see doing it all right well you know what i'm gonna actually i'm gonna cut it there because i think there's a great place to leave it off at um, before I let you go, want to give people a chance to get to your show, maybe be on your show. How can they get in touch with you, leave your information? Sure. So if you are interested in being a guest speaker or a guest sponsor on the show, please feel free to uh, check us out online at www.twomicsup.com. You can go to the top right corner, hit the contact button, send us your information, uh, and my vice president will be more than happy to assist you with it. Um, if you don't want to go that route, you can send us an email to vp2mikesup at gmail.com. Um, and that's how most of our guests and our sponsors uh, get involved. If you want to get in touch with me, you can get me on, on uh, IG and uh, Twitter at DameDNYDC. That's D-A-M-E-D as in David, N-Y like New York, D-C. Um, and you can also get the Two Mics Up podcast online, like I said, www.twomicsup.com or on our social media platforms, IG, Facebook, and Twitter at Two Mics Up. All right, Damon, thank you so much for taking the time to be on another episode of the Ambiguous Podcast Solution. I am your host, Jared Laverne. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.